Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Been praying about it. Um, uh, sometimes you get a chance to preach messages that other people in your church are going through. It helps to be in a small group like I am. It helps to have friends, and I get to hear what they're going through in their lives. And uh, I try not to ever put them on blast, but a lot of times the people in my life influence, as well as my prayer life, the messages that I bring. But today, I have the privilege of preaching a message that I feel like I'm walking through uh, myself. And so forgive me if I get a bit emotional or if I get uh, a little extra Pentecostal or um, just excited. Uh, I'm going to be preaching to myself, the 15 people in this room, and whoever is watching online right now. Let me begin by saying I am so in awe of the historical flexibility of the church. It's been through so many iterations. It's been through so many systems. It's been through so many different seasons, and the church just never quits. It's kind of like that irritating itch that you just can't seem to scratch. It is persistent. It is like the weed in the garden. Charlie, Diane, my gardeners in the house, you know. It is like the weed in the garden. No matter how hard you pull it, the next day there will be a weed in your garden. It is like the last 5% of belly fat that you just can't seem to get rid of. I'm preaching now, right now, somebody. You just can't get rid of it. Uh, maybe I should shift over to the positive metaphors when speaking about the church. Let me say it's, it's, it's like the air we breathe. No matter what doors you close or windows you shut, it always finds a way in. It always finds a way into a community. It always finds a way into a heart. It always finds a way into a family. The church cannot quit. It thrived when it gathered in Acts chapter 2. And it thrived when it was scattered in Acts chapter 8. It grew on the day of Pentecost, and it grew on the day of persecution. The church has adapted no matter the position that it's been in. In the countries where church is illegal, church exists underground. In the countries where we can't meet because of COVID, churches meet online. In the cities where you can meet but it's not safe to meet, the church meets in mass. Come on, somebody. If there's a will, there's a way. If there's a building, we'll make a church out of it. That's the church. The church is flexible. And the only reason I'm bringing up the nature of the church, because I believe that the nature of a church is supposed to be the image of the nature of the Christian. In the same way that the church is flexible, I believe that the Christian is called to be flexible. Flexible. Flexible, and I think it's our flexibility that gets the devil mad. And I think it's our flexibility that gets the doubters mad. I'm going to share a really old school, corny preacher story slash joke. I guarantee you, if you spend any time in church, you've heard it, but I don't care. I'm going to share it because it supports my point today. And it's this story of a little old lady who's got tremendous faith, little old Christian lady. And every morning she would walk out on her porch and she would say, praise the Lord. Okay, if you Spanish, you know how it is. Your grandma wake up in the morning. Alaba, that's how she did. Praise the Lord every morning. And she was 
really uh, loud, and she was so loud, she was annoying her neighbor. And her neighbor was annoyed not only because she was being super loud, but also because her neighbor did not believe in God. And so after the lady began to scream, praise the Lord at the top of her lungs every morning, her neighbor used to follow her by saying, the Lord doesn't exist. And every morning there was this routine. Praise the Lord. The Lord doesn't exist. Praise the Lord. The Lord doesn't exist. Until one day, the lady stepped out of her home. It was winter. And she said, praise the Lord. Lord, I need some food. It's cold. I can't make a trip to the groceries. I can't make a trip to the supermarket for my groceries. And and I got no, I got no money. I can't, I can't provide for myself. Lord, would you provide for me? Praise the Lord. She went inside. The next morning, she woke up. She came outside, and there was three bags of groceries right in her front door. Sure enough, what do you think this lady said? Praise the Lord. And when she said praise the Lord, her neighbor jumped out from behind the hedges and said, ha ha, I got you. It wasn't the Lord. It was me. And she said, praise the Lord. God did it, and he made the devil pay for it. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You got to love it. Why? Because she's flexible. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, I don't know who did COVID. They keep asking me, did God do COVID or did the devil do COVID? But I, I got an answer. Are you ready? Here's my answer. Did God do COVID or did the devil do COVID? Here's my answer. I'm flexible. I'm flexible. Are we not meeting in person today because of COVID or because God? I'm flexible. If it's God, I'll praise him. If it's the devil, I'll rebuke him. Heck, I don't know, so I'll just do both. You got to learn to be flexible in your faith, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance. Father God, I love you and I praise you. Thank you for this difficulty. And devil, you better let go of my family. You better let go of my finances. You better let go of my mind. I'm flexible. I'll take it either way. So let me ask you, do you have flexible faith? Do you have a a faith that bends but doesn't break? A bend but don't break faith because God operates in seasons and more often than not, he will change the season on you without your notice, without your approval, without an email. At least you got an email that we were switching stuff up. You won't get an email from God. You won't get it. You won't get an Instagram post from God. He'll switch the season on you quicker than you don't know what. And if you're not flexible, you'll be frustrated because you were expecting one season and now you're in another. Do you have flexible faith? By the way, notice I said that God operates in seasons. I didn't say that God is seasonal. And that's a big difference. I just got to clarify that because God is not a season. He operates in seasons. God is like the sun. In the winter, he's there. But just because the sun is there in the winter, the sun does not preclude the winter. It can be sunny and rainy. It can be sunny and windy. It can be sunny and cold. It's sunny in Florida. It's sunny in Antarctica. God is the sun. He is consistent, persistent. You can count on God to always be there when you rise. You can even count on him in the nighttime because the moon is the reflection of the sun. So even in the darkest moments in your life, he gives you signals that he's still with you. So, so God operates in seasons, but he's not seasonal. And you need to be flexible so that you can operate in seasons as well. If you're flexible, you'll be at peace with God when things don't go your way. You'll be at peace with God. Why will you be at peace with God? Because you know that the things that he allows to come on your life are not meant to break you. I was in the pool the other day and I saw a diving board and it said max limit 250 pounds, which my first thought was who who, what 251-pound man is trying to dive off this diving board right now? <laughs> Let me tell you right now, if you're over 250 pounds, I love you, God bless you. Diving is not your sport. Don't do that. 
But the second thing that hit me was how the manufacturer knew to put that on the board because that board had been tested and that manufacturer knew just how much tension, come on, I'm preaching, how much tension that diving board could take before it breaks. I want you to know that God is your manufacturer and he knows your limits and he will never place a weight on your life that will break you. It might bend you, but the only reason it bends you is to make use of you because the things that bend have flex and the things that bend can launch and the things that bend can send out so you'll have peace with God. But if you're not flexible, you'll be angry at God because God will do things you didn't expect where you didn't expect them, when you didn't expect them, and with who you didn't expect for him to do it through. If you're flexible, you'll strive to thrive. Because no matter the season, you're always looking for the opportunities in the opposition. The people who are thriving right now during COVID are the flexible believers, are the flexible people who say, okay, this wasn't what I expected, but I'm going to make the most of it. I'm looking for the opportunities. Those who aren't flexible, you don't thrive. You don't uh, strive to thrive. You strive to survive. You're so overwhelmed by the opposition that you run away from the opportunities. If you're flexible, you'll prioritize purpose over preference, the mission over me. But if you're not flexible, you'll prioritize preference over purpose and possibly miss what God wants to do in your life because he didn't do it the way that you wanted. I got to emphasize flexibility because I believe if we were going to oversimplify life today, which is always dangerous to do, but if we were going to oversimplify life today, I think you could simplify life into two seasons. A season to scatter and a season to gather. I think you could break life down in those two ways. I noticed this looking at life in different lenses. Uh, I noticed it looking at my kids' toys. Uh, every night around 6 p.m., the floor of my house is littered with toys. Legos everywhere. G.I. Joe's, probably not G.I. Joe's, those are my toys. I don't know what he's got. Mario, Sonic, toys all over the floor. And then Liz and I will tell them to clean up, and then they will clean up, and the toys have gone from scattered to gathered. Amen. If only that was the last we would ever see of those toys. Alas, we do not. The next day, once again, the toys are taken out and they're all over the floor. Now, I can't be mad at them for the toys being all over the floor. Why? Because that's why toys were created. They have a season for being gathered and they have a season for being scattered. Are you seeing where I'm going with this? You know what else has a season of, ga of gathering and scattering? Your money. <laughs> you will spend 40 hours a week at a job gathering your money and you will scatter that money in one hour at Target. Come on. You know it. You know you will. I had to teach my boy Zane about Target. This is a dangerous place, Poppy. He started walking around. He said, I got $5. What can I spend for $5? I said, no. You don't let Target tell you to what to buy. You tell Target what you want to buy. Don't fall into the trap. You got to teach them when they're young. Right? We gather money and we scatter money. If you're familiar with agriculture, you know that there's a season to gather and everybody wants to gather. But what will you gather if you did not scatter the seed? There is gathering and there is scattering. The educational system will spend 12 to 16 different grades if you include higher education, more if you include postdoctorate work. 
gathering students and students are gathering information, but the only reason why they're gathering all that information is so that they can scatter into their professions. Are you following me? Even families, families, every Thanksgiving and every Christmas and every birthday, we gather and we see each other and we smile and we high five and we hug before COVID and we did all those things. But then when the party's over, it's almost, it's sad, right? How we have to each scatter to our own homes. I want to teach you today something that is real, and it's real whether you believe it or not, that there are seasons to scatter and gather, but I also want to teach you how to thrive in, in, in any season, whether you are in a scattering season, which most of us probably are, or a gathering season. So have you ever been scattered? If so, you will know this. This is my first point. You will know that scattering is painful. Scattering is painful. It is painful the etymology of the word, that is the origin of the word scatter, actually comes from the word shatter. And that's significant because the word shatter gives us some insight into what the word scatter implies. To be scattered not only means to be broken, but if you can imagine a piece of glass shattering, two things happen. It's broken, but then the way that it breaks, if you broke a mirror three times in the same place, how many people know that the pieces of glass would spread across the floor a different way every time? There's an implication in the word scatter. It's not just pain, but also chaos. That's significant because it's, it's a higher level of pain when you're scattered. How do you know you're scattered? You're experiencing a pain that is uncontrollable. Now, I don't mean physical uncontrollable pain, or, or that could be for some people in the room today or watching online, but I mean a pain that you could not keep from happening. You couldn't control it. I don't know if you're following me, but like, uh, you know, you, you thought you were going to spend the rest of your life with somebody, and, and through no fault of your own, you had no control, that person decided to leave you and, and has left you as a result scattered. Are you tracking me? You, uh, you, you had a job, and you were doing a really good job at your job. And through no fault of your own, through no fault of your resume, you got laid off because of the conditions around you, and now you're going home, filing unemployment, scattered, scattered, scattered. You're black, and you're living in America, and in the span of 60 days, three people get murdered and you got to go home to your kid and explain that, and you, hate it, you can't control it, and all of a sudden your, your identity, your life gets scattered, scattered. It feels uncontrollable, and the, and the lie or the, the message that is communicated through it is that if I didn't have the strength to keep it from falling apart, where will I find the strength to keep it together? And that's how you know if you're scattered. You wake up in the morning, every morning, just trying to keep it together just trying to keep it together. Like you've given up on advancing. You're just like, I just got to make it to Tuesday right now. I just got to keep it together. That's you. I want to encourage you with the story, true story of a California apple tree. California apple tree. Did you know that California is the second highest producer of apples? Any guesses on what the first is? I don't know. I didn't Google it. You'll have to find out on your own. But the second, I did look that up, is Cali, Cali, California. And there's a reason why California is the second highest producer of apples and apple trees. I want you to imagine with me an apple, bright red. Before it was that, it was a flower. Flower turned into an apple. And now this apple is bright 
This apple is shiny. Imagine for a second that this apple had a personality. Okay, we're going to Pixar this apple just for the message of the sermon, okay, the purpose of the sermon. This apple is smiling. This apple is, is, he's, he is living his best life because he has never been sweeter. He has, he has never been better, and he has never been higher in life. He is pumped about life. And at his peak, he didn't know what was going to happen. He fell. Because that's what apples do when they get right. But he didn't know that. He fell. And now he's all upset because now he's dirty. Now he's bruised. But he's thinking, well, at least I'm close to the tree. My home. This is comfortable for me. But what you should also know is that California is home to the greatest population of bears. There's a connection <laughs> between the bears and the apple. So a bear comes along finds the apple on the ground, eats the apple in one bite. <laughs> like the Tootsie Pop commercial. <laughs> one, two. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Seeing that? Good. Okay. I don't know the audience gap, age gap that I'm talking to right now. Eats it. Poor apple. Apple's thinking, oh man, first I fell, now I'm getting chewed up, and now I'm in a dark place. And that bear walks a mile away from that apple tree. But there's a casing on the seed of the apple that prevents it from being digested by the bear. And so the next day, the apple who thought it was all over sees the light. <laughs> oh, yes, and, and he's running towards the light. <laughs> he is looking for a way out of that bear, and he gets out of that bear, and he's so glad that he gets out of that bear, but when he gets out of that bear, he realizes two things. One, he is so far from his home. And two, smells kind of funky, kind of sticky. I can't, I can't move right now, and, and not that I could ever move because I was an apple, but you get the point. <laughs> but what that apple seed doesn't know is that that elimination has another name, fertilizer. And so now that seed that was brought so far away from its home. Oh, by the way, if the apple had just fell on the ground and dissolved, the seed would not have grown in that soil because that soil was already being taken up by the apple tree. Are you following me? The bear not only had to eat it and digest it, but he also had to take it far away from its... I'm just talking to anybody. In the last few weeks, you've been going through some stuff. If you've been going through some stuff in the last couple weeks, let me tell you the reason why. Because even though the top of the tree was comfortable, and even though the top of the tree was prominent, if you would have stood in that tree, you would have reached the limit of your potential. But God knew you had to fall. You had to get chewed up. You had to get digested. You had to get taken far away from your home so that you can meet the fullness of everything God created you to be. Yeah, he doesn't just want you to be beautiful. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to be everything that he created you to be. And so he had to take you far away from your comfort zone. Stop wishing to go back to another season that was more comfortable but less productive. That was, that, was, that, was, that was nicer and people cared about you more, but you weren't growing internally. You weren't maturing like you're maturing now. God's got different measuring sticks for you in my life. Scattering is... Painful, but I hope you've noticed in what I'm saying, scattering is not just painful, it's purposeful. That's my second point. Scattering is purposeful. It's purposeful. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. 
But those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. The author says the church grew wherever. Notice he didn't put the location of the places that they went to. You know why? Because he didn't know. He didn't say the church scattered here or there. He said the church scattered wherever. Do you know what he's implying? He's saying, I can't tell you where they went because where they went, it was chaos. When, when the persecution hit Jerusalem, it was chaos. They ran everywhere. It was, it was random. It was chaotic. When we get scattered, I already talked about that. It gets chaotic. But here's something you need to know about chaos. Our chaos is God's canvas. And that's not just a cool saying. That's Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. And in the beginning, the earth was formless and void. The water was chaos. I'm just trying to tell you God makes things out of our chaos. He does not understand the word. Here's a word God does not understand because it doesn't. You say, well, God understands everything. He might understand the definition of it, but he, hasn't, he doesn't understand the application of it because it never applies to God. Are you ready? Random. The word random does not apply to God because to imply random to God would mean that he didn't expect it or he didn't know what was going to happen. But he knows. He knows. I, I, I said it like this, and it's a little philosophical, but I, I pray it will stick with you. The illusion of chaos is the absence of purpose. What looks like scatter, what looks like chaos, what looks like random, the lie in that moment, season experience is that God doesn't know exactly what's happening. There is still purpose in that pain. I'm talking to somebody today who feels like your life is a mess. Come on. Is your life a mess right now? If your life is a mess right now, or maybe you feel like your mind is a hot mess right now. Come on, somebody. If that's you, let me tell you something. Don't let your mess distract you from your mission. And don't, and don't let your mess, let the devil mess with you. My life might be a mess right now. Maybe it is a mess right now, but I believe God still got it under control. Man, every once in a while, Liz will go into my office and she'll think she's doing me a favor. She'll come in there, she'll start cleaning, and she'll start organizing, and she'll start putting things all neat. And when I get in there, it is neat, and it smells great. Only got one problem. Can't find a thing. Come on, somebody, let me know if that's you at home. It's a hand emoji. I was just cleaning it for you. I was just organizing it for you. And I have to tell her every time, it might look like a mess to you, but it's my mess. And I know exactly where everything is in my mess. I came to tell somebody, I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but it might look like a mess to you, but God knows exactly where everything is in your mess. You didn't lose your purpose. He knows exactly where it is. You didn't lose your passion. He knows exactly where it is. You didn't lose your hope. He knows exactly where it is. He knows where your spouse is. He knows where your son is. He knows where your daughter is. He knows where your next job is he knows what your career is it might be messy but he knows exactly where it is and you're gonna mess it up if you try to organize something god wants messy you will you will you will frustrate yourself and you will make it worse if you try to organize something god made messy sometimes god needs a mess to create a mystery because it's the mystery that gives birth to your faith faith does not exist in a world where you have all the answers 
Faith cannot exist in a world where the future is secure and guaranteed. Every once in a while, God's got to make a mess so that the mystery can drive you to the message. God, I wish there were 4,000 people in this room right now. We got doing good, but you could do better. Okay. <laughs> Telling you right now, man, don't be, listen, I'm preaching. I told you I was preaching to myself. This is the part right here. We got a cancer service. We're going to go to online. It's a mess. But God still knows where everything is. It's a mess to me. But he wasn't caught off. He wasn't caught off guard. He wasn't caught by surprise when we made the decision. And I got to trust that the mystery will drive me deeper to who he is. It's a mess, but it's also a mission. You know what I love about the church? I don't even know if I'm going to get to my last two points, but you know what I love about the church? Now that we got a timer going on, we got to really stick to this timer now. I'll be preaching an hour online church. <laughs> but you know what I love about the story? The Bible says that they went scattered and preached the word wherever they went. You know what I never thought of before? Maybe you'll track with me 15 people in this room. They were scared, and so they scattered. If, if you're tracking me, say, I got it, right? right? They, were, they were scared. They were, they were in Jerusalem, and persecution hits, Stephen dies, and, and they get scared, and because they're scared, they scatter. But you know what I never noticed? That even though they scattered, they were still preaching. So they were scared enough to scatter, but not so scared that they would stop preaching. My God, you know there's a place to live in between scared, but I'm still doing what God called me to do. There's a, there's a place where you can, I don't know when the next paycheck's coming, but I'm going to come to church, I'm going to tithe, I'm going to keep doing my thing because I'm scared. <laughs> God gave it to me like this. He said, I'm a mess, but I ain't messing. <laughs> come on, put that in the chat. I'm a mess, but I ain't messing. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm on the run, but I ain't running. The church said, I'm on the run. We got to run. But I ain't running. Come on, is there anybody who's on the run? But you ain't running. You're on the run to the unemployment office. You're on the run to the next interview. But you're not running from your purpose. You're going to use the time that you have unemployed to call a friend that's hurting, to spend more time with your wife, to, to pour into your children, to pour into your church. Come on, is there anybody who's on the run in their marriage from one marriage counselor to another marriage counselor? My marriage has got me on the run, but I'm not running from my commitment. I'm going to stay in this thing. I'm going to keep loving him. I'm going to keep praying for her. I'm going to keep fighting. Come on, is there Anybody who's got depression's got them on the run and they're running from medication to medication to medication. Can you say right now, I might be on the run from depression, but I'm not running from worship. Even if I can't feel it, even if I feel dark, even if I feel full of darkness, I'm going to lift my hands up and declare that God is good. I'm on the run, but I ain't running <laughs> and you can't make me. There's a place where I can exist in both realms. I'm scared and I'm on the run. I don't know what to do. I don't know if we're going to have church this Sunday in person. I don't know if we're having it online. But I'm not running. I'm not running. Whatever you want us to do, God, wherever you want us to go, when I have church in my living room, we'll have church in the living room. Church online, we'll have church online. Drive through church, I don't know what it looks like, but we'll do it. Whatever we got to do, I'm not running. I'm not running. Put it in the chat. I might be on the run, but I'm not running. I might be a mess, but I ain't messing. I ain't messing. I'm going right through. Here's my final point. We'll close it. I want to talk to you about the time, not just to scatter, but the time to gather. 
I could go like another 30 minutes, but I'm going to hit that time right there. It's time to gather. Gathering. Here's what I want to tell you about gathering. I'll give you both points in one point. Gathering is peaceful. And gathering is powerful. Gathering is peaceful. And gathering is powerful. So if you, if you tracked with me, we said that scattering is painful. Scattering is purposeful. Gathering is peaceful. And gathering is powerful. Powerful. Peaceful and powerful. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. By the way, here's the big difference between scattering and gathering. You will never choose to scatter. Scattering is something that happens to you. Are you, are you tracking me? You, you never decide to get a divorce. Like, I mean, you do. But if it was the other person who's really doing it and you're just like, I just got it. It's not a choice, right? You don't decide to get sick. You don't decide to lose your job. It's like, it happens to you. Nobody asked for COVID. It, scattering will always happen to you. You never choose it. Here's the big difference between scattering and gathering, but you have to choose to gather. That will never happen involuntarily. And this is not a shot at online church because I'm not even talking about the building anymore. You got to choose to gather. What do I mean? You got to choose to gather. Acts chapter 8 verse 1. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered. Except the apostles. Except the apostles. I never noticed this either, that everyone scattered except the apostles. You know why everyone scattered except the apostles? Because the apostles had already received the vision from Jesus, the Great Commission, that they were supposed to go into all the world and make disciples in all nations. And they knew that every worldwide movement would need a headquarters. So they decided to stay back so that, they could, so that they could be the center of the Christian movement. And guess what happened? Anytime Paul had a question, anytime one of the other ministers had a question or an issue, what about circumcision? What about eating pork? They would always come back to the center and in the, they would always gather at the center and at the center it would be resolved at the center their issues would be resolved at the center they would find peace at the center they would get their answer at the center they would get rest so here's my question what's your center what's your center what's the place you run to when things get tough and hard where do you gather for most people it's three areas either money if you got a lot of it, if you don't, that's not yours. <laughs> if you got a lot of money and you get nervous, you know what you do? You look up your savings account. You go to your investment account. You go, okay, that's still good. I'm good. Might not be there always though. Or you go to your career. You just get lost in your work. Or for most people, I say this is the majority, another person is your center. Here's the problem with all three of those centers. All three of those centers are shakable. And the devil knows what your center is. And when he's trying to bring you down, he will always go for your center. It's a football lesson, I learned that. I didn't play football, but I would play football like informally. And this one guy was telling me how to tackle people that are coming your way. He said, JJ, you can tackle a guy that's 10 times your size if you go for his center of gravity, just right here at the legs. If you go for the center, you can bring anyone down. I want you to know today, the enemy knows your center and he's going for it. Are you ready for a big old heart check? Are you ready for a big old, if you're ready for a big old heart check, say I'm ready. Like this is gonna hurt so much, but are you ready? 
This is going to make you better, but it's going to hurt. It's a big old heart check. If you're ready, say ready. Here's how you know what the center of your life is. It's the thing that you feel is under attack right now. So, so if money's got you nervous right now, guess what God is using the devil to do? To expose that he is not the center of your life like he should be, but that money is. If you're freaking out over your family members and, and, your, and, and, and your whole peace is under attack because of that, guess what God is using the news cycle to do? To expose that Jesus is not at the center like he's supposed to be. The area that is sensitive, the thing that hurts right now as I preach, is the thing that is at your center. Oh, when Jesus is at the center. When he's the rock you build your house on. Oh, it doesn't matter how difficult it gets. It doesn't matter how scary it becomes. That is a center that will not move. That is a center that shall not be shaken. That is a center that cannot be moved. When Jesus is your rock and you hang on to your rock. So when things get scary, let me give you some advice. Gather your emotions and gather your fear and gather your mind and gather your energy and gather it around Jesus, the one and only, the Alpha, the Omega, beginning and end. Gather it around him. Don't let your emotions go wild. I'm gonna gather it, I'm gonna gather it, I'm gonna gather it. Last one, last one, last one, last one, last one. Gathering is powerful, gathering is powerful. When you're on this side of the ball and you're trying to tackle somebody, you go for their center. But what if you got the ball and you got things that you need to break through? I asked the football coach that. I said, okay, but what if I'm trying to get into the end zone? I promise I'm going to close right now. Uh, not that it matters. She ain't going nowhere. But I said, coach, what if I'm trying to get into the end zone? How do I get through? How do I get through? How do I get through? He, I said, that guy's going to gonna go low on me. He's going to go low. I got the ball. He's going to go low. You know what the coach told me? Sorry, you play football, right? Wrestling, what do you tell you? What do you do? When the guy goes low, what do you do? Go lower. You go lower. When, the, when you got a breakthrough, you go lower. I'm just saying maybe it'll make more sense if I act it out. When the enemy, when you're trying to break through something, when you're trying to get past a, a, a problem, an issue, you got to get lower and lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. Is this on the camera right now? Can they see me? Am I good? There I am. Lower. Lower. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. And they were all gathered in one place on the day of Pentecost. I saw this story from the perspective of Satan for the first time. Imagine the devil. He just crucified Jesus 50 days earlier. Jesus came back to life. He's like, loss. I wasn't expecting that. But then I believe Jesus, I believe the devil gets a glimpse of hope when Jesus ascends to heaven. Because then he's like, oh, okay, he's leaving. Good, good. I didn't know if he was going to stay here and, and, and develop his kingdom on earth. I didn't know if my time was up. Because the devil doesn't have the foresight that God has. So he doesn't have omniscience. He didn't know the future. So he's thinking, man, I wonder if this is the time. Is this when God comes? Oh, well, he's leaving. Woo! And then he looks at all the believers. And after Jesus left, all the believers, there's 120 of them. That's it. That's all that's left of Christianity. 120. And the Bible says they were in the upper room praying. And I got to imagine when the devil saw this, he thought, ha ha. 
I got them now. Jesus is gone. They got no answer. They don't got the New Testament. It's being written right now. Look at them laying down. They're surrendering. They're giving up. They're not going to make it. I'm going to take over this world after all. But then, the Bible says a mighty gush of wind broke through the doors. Tongues of fire rested on their head. And I got to believe the devil freaked out because he realized they weren't surrendering. They were gathering. They were gathering their power. They were gathering their strength. They were gathering the spirit. They were gathering for revival. They were gathering for a move. They were gathering for miracles. And when they were gathered, Peter got out the door, preached the message, and 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. Because the church, when it gets persecuted, it doesn't just scatter, it gathers. It gets on the knees. When you go low, devil, I'm going lower. I'm going to fight it like this with everything I got, with all of my life, with all of my energy, with all of my strength. You can't get me when I'm gathering. I'm gathering, I'm gathering, I'm gathering. If you're home right now, I dare you to get on your knees right now. I'm gathering right now. Devil, don't get it twisted. You have not beaten me. I'm gathering my hope. I'm gathering the answer. I'm gathering my faith right now. I know it's scary, but I can feel the wind like a gush of wind blow through my kitchen door today. I'm gathering, I'm gathering, I'm gathering. I'm gathering. I'm ready to break through. I'm ready to break through. I'm ready to break through. Let me pray for you right now if you're ready to break through right now. Father, we pray right now for everybody who's listening to this message. We pray for the people in this room who've been up against the wall and up against the wall. They've been trying to fight it in their own strength. They've been trying to fight it in their own way. But there is power when we gather. It looks like surrender. It looks like weakness. But don't be fooled by my posture. I am pressing in and I believe the Holy Spirit is going to empower me today. And so if you're listening right now, I pray a spirit of gathering right now. I pray Acts chapter 2 verse 4, mighty gush of wind would meet you in your building right now. You don't need to be in this building, in your building right now. Power right now, tongues of fire right now. The ability to break and press right now, right now, right now. Come on, you're breaking through right now, right now, right now. Father, we love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.